everybody. It's the Hoopstocks. Hi, hi, hi. It's a a good Saturday morning. Everyone decided to wear their own type of outfit instead of (laughs) two people ganging up on the one who's not getting the memo. Rude. (laughs) Rude. But that's okay. That's okay. We are, we have such a huge show today. I'm like legitimately nervous of the two powerhouse women that we're going to have on the show today. It's like, what'd you get us into, man? Saturday morning. I know. You know what? When I reach out to guests, I mostly think that they're not going to want to be on our show. And then suddenly it's like, (laughs) oh, and then they do. Moving on up. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just like, what? did I do? Um, and so I like to kind of prepare, of course, you know, I gave you got we have a bunch of notes and what have you. Um, but yeah, we have like two really big guests and we're super excited to have them on. And I think it's a great, you know, way how we just keep bringing more and more empowered people and women to come and talk to us and our guests. And so I'm excited about today, but a lot of research went in. So you can have a good interview. Um, Karen, you got your ballot. How's it hanging? How's it going? Tell us. San Francisco, what's up? Uh, we can't hear you, boo. Yeah, because this yep. cat over here is scratching like he's a DJ. Okay, well, you got to get that cat. You got to grab that pussy and you need to throw it right the hell out the I'm going to grab this whap and I'm going <laughs> to vote with my ballot today. Yes, early Yay. voting. Exciting. I know you were kind of worried about your ballot not being in, right? Uh, I'm absentee. And I think because Mm. I have like a permanent address and then a mailing current address, they send it to the permanent because, you know, absentee in the past was like for folks who are like traveling a lot and Mm -hmm. not really staying in the same place or expats, things like that. So I figured it out. Oh, good. Well, (laughs) you're going to have it. Right. At least you have it and you're going to be able to fill it out. You're going to pop it in the mail today. I just saw um, a video that I retweeted of the people in line in New York City today who are um, able to go and do early voting. So this is no joke, guys. We are fortunate in California that we can do mail-in ballots and that we have ballot trackers. And you wonder why, I mean, you wonder why like every state doesn't do this, first off. Secondly, then you realize it's because they want to suppress the vote. So, you know yep. what? It's rhetorical yep. <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see the numbers? I think it was MSNBC put up like young voter numbers from Florida, North Carolina, and one of, another important state. Right. And it was like ages 18 to 29 in this time last election. Like, hold on, let me find it. Actually, it's right here. Florida, North Carolina, and Michigan. In 2016 in Florida, during this time, ages 18 to 29, 44,000 had voted. Right now, currently, 257,720 people have voted. Yeah, people I love show it. Out. Young yes. voters, 18 to 29. That's They're tired that's of us kind of old of people home. voting for their... Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> pissed, yeah. He's, he pissed off the youth, and now they're like, well, I turned 18 yeah. this year, bud. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you got to take hold of your future. You take away you, TikTok and you know what? You're out. Yeah. yeah. You take out the TikTok and you out. And I then mean, you put, I was going to say, and then you put AOC in your mouth. 
Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, that, that whole curve. You put Madonna in your mouth? Or Madonna <laughs> the government? Uh uh-uh. uh. But these these Michigan numbers are insane. Less yeah. than eight thousand people in that age bracket in 2016 voted during at this time. Now it's 145,000. Oh my oh. God. In Michigan. Michigan have like big college. I love it. Big college state too. You're like, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love to hear it. Well, Karen, you're going to be putting your ballot in today. Good luck. I bless thee because you got a lot of initiatives. In. Got a lot of initiatives in California. Find a legitimate. <laughs> yes. A legitimate box. ballot box for Please. sure. And I'm going to look around first. Yeah. <laughs> Check everything for, de- de- you know. Devices bombs. and, yeah, yeah bombs. And what is this? Painted on, white out. You know, I yeah. got to look. You got to look. You got to Make sure there's not a diligence. proud boy behind the There tree. you go. Mm-hmm. You got to steal my ballot from me. Oh, we got a song started. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that'll be for our band later, our, our podcast <laughs> band. Um. Karen, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait till you get to put your ballot in and please take pictures and just, we want to celebrate you. We yes. celebrate you I'll and everybody it. else voting, Jordan has voted, voted, will vote. We're celebrating. Kendall, Utah, how is it going for you? You also voted early. Um, mm-hmm. And so you got that in. How's it hanging for you in Utah? Uh, it's good. I got my email that my, the registrar received my ballot. And it will be counted (gasps) to vote. And then I got a little virtual I voted sticker because the one they put on the absentee, you can't peel off, which pisses me off. That was weird. Pin it or crochet it? I don't know. (laughs) That's so weird. That's like the best. It's like getting a lollipop at the Um, doctor's office for adults. You can see Right? I know. Right here. It's all right. It's all right. I have... I have a few of them, so good. And I good. know that I did it, so it doesn't matter. But I know. Uh, yeah, it's going good. Oh, good. Got good. It. <laughs> I mean, we're all kind of in a holding pattern too, in a lot of ways. And that, like, something's happening. We know something's happening. Oh, I'm not the only one. Feel like I'm holding my breath and I can't breathe. <sighs> no, yeah, I had a right. panic attack like a very- couple days ago. I w- I was like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna die. And it's like, no, you just have a panic attack. So yeah. yeah. With it's you. very anxious times right now. Yeah. I've been like, well, last episode I mentioned trying to not watch as much news. And so I have kind of calmed it down a little bit um, just for my own like self-care, you know. And so here I am. Did you watch the debate? I did. Oh. I, Steven's like, why are you watching this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't help myself. I'm just like a junkie for that. And I think it's like every, I mean, the, it. I, I listened to CNN correspondent say, you know, we're all people that watch the show all the time and pe- the, the people that come and talk about it uh, on it, they're news junkies. So we're, you can mm-hmm. become a news junkie and you don't realize that it's only like it's a bubble in some ways, right? Because each news outlet is going to, uh, you're going to respond to them be- when they have like-minded views. Um, and then you kind of don't like go out. So I've been trying to just ingest a little bit at a time. Um, and also people whom I trust are a trusted voice for me. Um, and yeah, just kind of go in between with streaming Netflix and, um, you know, movies and Halloween movies and, mm-hmm. uh, getting ready for my big move, which is happening, which, you know what, like, Hey, we just have the balance of an election on the line. The, what is it? The character of the United States is on the line and 
hey, I'm going to go ahead and do like major life-changing moves. That's all, you know, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's no it. Big deal. That's it. No, no big deal. So that's <laughs> me in a nutshell. We're getting ready for that. So well, it, I didn't, I didn't watch the debates. Did the fly make an appearance? It did I heard not. Abe Lincoln no. made an appearance. Abe Lincoln yes. did. Yes. Donald Trump is Abe Lincoln in case you didn't know. Yeah. He He's is. the he, and he was the least racist person in that room, according to him, because he couldn't Absolutely. see anyone in the dark. <laughs> yes, because because the entire room had left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of like, you could tell though, because they were, they were supposed to employ the mute button, and you could just tell that their lips, his lips, like wanted to say something. And it, it that kind of gave me joy to know the pain that he must be suffering because he couldn't just insert himself and like interrupt as much as he wanted to. And I, I more than the substance of the debate, that was probably what I enjoyed the most was just yes. knowing that he was so, it was so painful for him. It was so painful for him. That, so. and, and you could tell he, he was very calm at the beginning. And then it was like all of a sudden his uh. drugs kicked in and it was like, <laughs> Hunter Biden this, Hunter Biden that, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. And it's like, yeah. finally Joe was like, do you know who you're running against? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it was like the uh, they hit him with a trank gun, and then yeah, he started then to like, off. yeah, it started to wear off, and he's just like, whoa, yeah, it was it, that yeah. kind of like distracted him. And you know, it's a little too late anyway. Like at this point, I think a lot of people are like, you're gonna vote for who you vote for. Um, it's done. It's done, and hopefully, you know, we get the outcome we, we want, which is not him as president, and uh, we move on. We move on. Yeah, but. With that, I think we're ready for a little bit of house cleaning and updates before we get to our major guests here. So, of course, we want you to download the Good News Radio and podcast app. It's The updates are incredible. I've really enjoyed what they've done with the updates. And, and you know what? This is a Black-owned business. This is a local Los Angeles business. Um, and it's it has... It's all about inclusivity of voices and perspectives. We're proud to be a part of the network. And the app, it just gives you access to so many of, you know, other shows that are um, in the network, but ours, of course, which premieres on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. So make sure you download it now um, or update it now if you haven't, because I believe after a certain you know, month, they're going to start charging and it's worth it. I mean, it's like the amount of a cup of coffee uh, for a whole month of exclusive co uh, people of color creators, black creators, it's quite exciting. So please make sure you download that. We're really happy. We're super excited that that. And happened. I got excited for the notification on Wednesday to remind oh. people to check the show out. I was like, oh, our names. I know. And spelled right. <laughs> and with the correct logo. <laughs> oh, I know. I love them. I love them. They're so responsive. We have good managers there. Um, also, you can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I would say go with Spotify over Apple Podcasts. We will do replays there later after our premiere. So, you know, if you don't run it back in the app, you can always run it back in there. But I would recommend just, just use the app. Plus, you'll be able to chat with other people. There's a chat function. It's very cool. It's very cool. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, also, we all worked for a company that makes apps. So you know the development of an app. So it is a huge undertaking to create an app or take an old app and update it. And so bravo to Keith and the Good News Radio 
uh, station in the peeps. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter at the Hoops Talk Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at the Hoops Talking. We're also on TikTok at the Hoops Talk Podcast. And of course, you, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Hoops Talk, so you can see our lovely faces, the lovely faces of our guests, all of our fly, um, you know, outfits. Today, I'm wearing a blazer. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm wearing my I Voted sticker and my Biden-Harris Aurora James cap. So you can see all of that good stuff happening. Um, yeah, so that's it. If we're ready, I hope I'm ready, we're going to bring on the wonderful, wonderful, empowering uh, mentor, entrepreneurial women for our next segment. So with that, we'll be right back. Welcome, LaShonda Martin and Mia Wright to the Hoops Talk. Hello, ladies. Thank you. Hey. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. Of course. Thank you both for being on the show. We're so excited that you accepted the invitation and you have made some time to come and talk to us today. So before we start, I'm going to just do a little a bio for both of you, for our audience. And as I tell all my audience... I learn everything about everyone on the internet. So if it's wrong, <laughs> so if it is wrong, please correct me. You you have all the rights. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Lashonda Martin, you are a former collegiate basketball player and the founder and CEO of the Sports Sorority, an online community that connects emerging women leaders in sports. And Mia Wright is the president and director of the National Basketball Wives Association, a nonprofit charitable organization for the wives and significant others of the NBA players and a former singer, from what I understand, which we'll probably, we'll have to hit on that a little bit later, but. Very sure. Accurate. That was accurate Google information that you got there. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, good, good. Um, You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about your past collaboration that happened just the September 11th, actually, on um, this year. You both, um, the Sports Sorority and the National Basketball Wives Association collaborated on the first annual Standing in Sisterhood Summit, Mm -hmm. which was an event that you created to uh, have solidarity and to nourish women in the sports community with a focus on mental health, lifestyle, and social justice. And from reading more about both of your organizations, uh, the common thread that I've I've kind of gathered from it is really about empowerment and connectedness of women who lead in sports. So if, you know, if, if one at a time, if you could tell, tell us like what um, what was what was it in your career or in your personal journey that made those particular pillars so important to your organization and to, to the collaboration that you created? Mm-hmm. I'll um I'll kick it off. <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I think that that's definitely a two layered question. Um, the first layer is like what in my personal life made me feel um, that women's empowerment was like something that needed to be threaded into 
essentially everything that I do. Um, I was raised by my mom, a single mom, dad in my life. Um, but you know, it was just mom and I in the household, only child. Um, I saw her, um, not take excuses or, um, not really, um, I don't know. She just always had a go driving ambitious spirit. Mm -hmm. And along her journey, I always saw her reaching back always, Mm -hmm. um, and helping women develop, um, you know, through business personally. And so it's just something that I saw, (laughs) like, it's just something. So when I encounter people that don't have that same spirit, I'm like, where's that come from? Like, it just doesn't, it's, it's natural to me. So coming up in the NBA lifestyle and coming, segueing from entertainment, I kind of had a different perspective getting into Mm -hmm. it anyway, because it's kind of one and the same. Right. Um, And so I kind of knew the yes men and the circles and Mm -hmm. all those different layers that you navigate. Um, I think for me, what I saw that I did not really um subscribed to was this like hierarchy thing that was Mm. happening um and for no good reason other than somebody's making more money than the next or and this has nothing to do with the woman individually right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um and I saw these like little fissures and divisions and um I just didn't like it like the type of person I am um I'm a social butterfly I come in I'm giving everybody the vibe that I want to receive and then to like come into this team I was young 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 I won't name years or teams (laughs) (laughs) but I came into this situation and clearly green to this specific lifestyle but like it was very cold. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I just didn't, I, I, I had to learn. I had to learn a few interesting lessons. Um, but I think I was able to connect people by just kind of bringing everybody down to like who we are as people, like at mm. the core, like not these layers and illusions of Mm. you know what lifestyle can give you but like who are you at the core like I want to know your story right Mm. and so I kind of just took that to all these different teams that my husband played on and made some (laughs) really amazing long-lasting friendships so when I had the opportunity to um get into a power position with the NBA Wives Association National Basketball Wives Association um I wanted to make sure that that is what we led with like this is about Mm. unity and connectivity and networking and not being ashamed that of who your husband is or like feeling like you have to play in the shadow and then just embracing people and meeting them where they are like Mm. making sure that's something that we did there is no expectations we're all human beings we all come with different stories and 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 journeys and dreams so that's kind of where that comes from for me LaShonda wow (laughs) wow you should, you should go first next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love um, I love Mia's story, and just if you follow her, you will you will feel that energy and also the love she has for her mom. So, hearing a little bit more about that backstory um, and just how powerful her mom was, it makes so much sense and um, who she is today and and how she's leading the organization. Um, my story on a personal level, I'll, I'll try to keep this brief, but I just playing sports is kind of what I, I feel like it was naturally in me. Like when you talk to me about women empowerment, I just feel like that's so um, it's core to who I am. And I just believe that that started 
as a young age playing sports, I saw a lot of talented, uh, powerful women. I obviously saw the disparities between women in sports and men in sports. And, um, you know, but I was in a position to be around the best of the best athletes. And growing up in Bloomington, Indiana, female basketball players, we were treated a little bit differently. We did have a little bit more respect because if you're from Indiana, you're a Hoosier. Um, pretty much everybody's playing basketball. You're a fan or you're playing. And so they love men's basketball and women. So my high school experience was a little different in that, you know, there were fans, there were people at the games, um, and there was excitement all around. So I was empowered at a young age um, in the sports realm. Now, fast forward to after college when I married my husband, who happened to be a professional football player at the time, uh, 2015, I Googled actually NFL wives to find a community of women to connect with because, you know, as I'm sure Mia can attest to and others in the lifestyle, it can be isolating Mm. for both. But a lot of times for the woman, um, you're moving away from friends and family and it can be isolating. So it was no different for me at the time I had moved to Jacksonville. My husband was playing for the Jaguars. And um, so I hadn't yet met the women yet. So when I Googled NFL wives, instead of finding a community to connect to, it was all these articles on the hottest and sexiest wives of the NFL. (laughs) Wait a minute. I was like, this, yeah, like this is the narrative. This is all that's being discussed. And so that struck a chord with me. I, I had a problem with that, that, you know, the, the stereotypes and the conversation was, you know, outer appearance, it was trophy wife, and Mm. and, and also those negative stereotypes of she has nothing going for herself, she's with them for the money, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started a blog to really with the intention of changing the public's perception Mm. of the wives of the players. And so I wanted to showcase, I wanted to interview the women showcase their talents and what they were doing and just show a different perspective. But soon after I launched that blog, I started getting DMs, emails, all these messages saying, thank you for being a voice for us. Thank you for providing this platform. It's Mm -hmm. so needed. And I quickly pivoted because I realized that rather than focusing on, you know, creating a new narrative and trying to change the public's perception of us as a whole, it was more important to create a close-knit community for us. Mm. And so then that's when I really doubled down on bringing us together, empowering us, and then that blog turned into a magazine and events and, you know, what you saw earlier this year. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I find that so interesting, the, you know, because it's still very prevalent, the trophy wife, the you know, the fabulous lifestyle, the real housewives situation, you know, you see a lot of that, but to actually hear from people that aren't in that spotlight in that capacity, like what you felt going into that, you know, as a a real personal journey is so interesting. And I think that's a huge takeaway um, made for a lot of people that are just like, hey, this is you know, what do they have to worry about? They got the fab- fabulous life, which actually, Mia, it brings me to a um, interview that I read of yours um, that you did for Undefeated in 2018, where you do mention that managing, uh, you say managing our husband's brand is the one thing that binds your organization together. But from the outside, it looks like a fabulous life. 
But when you take on that role as an entrepreneur, it comes with a lot of responsibility, including setting the tone for future generations and the communities to strive and thrive. Um, how That was in 2018. How in the past two years do you feel that you've been able to evolve the National Basketball Wives Association under your leadership to fit more into that statement? Yeah. So when um, that article launched, we had just done um, our first Women's Empowerment Summit, which was mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And if you've been following MBWA, that's like taking a life of its own. It's now one of the kind of most sought after events to attend during All-Star Weekend. I think it's maybe one of the only female driven events mm. um, during All-Star Weekend. So just to see the growth of that alone mm. um, has been really incredible. And, and just who has been a part of those events, um, the conversations, the level of conversations that have been had and the fundraising opportunities that we've had for organizations has been really amazing to see. I think for me, um, What's been really cool is to see so many women from the organization starting to feel really good and confident about coming out as their own entity. Mm. You know what I mean? Like so many young women that um, were doing things and and maybe in a way that was like um, just very cautious and like, Mm. you know, like just just walking that fine line of not wanting to do too much. But I've Mm -hmm. seen these young girls and these young women like feel really empowered to to step out on their own and to create these, you know, very visible brands and Mm. their husbands being super supportive. Like when I was coming up, that wasn't a thing. It just, that was the culture. (laughs) The culture was, you're the wife, you have, and, and I don't want to say this in like a derogatory sense, mm. but it just it is what it was, right? right? I think we all evolved, cultures evolved. And so mm-hmm. back in 2005, when I was up and coming around, it was just like you, the wife, you know, you did maybe some charity things, you attended some events, but it was very much um, a, a position that was not really meant to be. Um, a, like next to your husband, if that makes right. any sense. It's kind of right. like you're yeah. right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so now, and I love it, and I always say between Aisha, Curry, <laughs> Steph, Gab, and Dwayne, like mm. they have kind mm. of been the leaders of like, no, it's partnership. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. we're stronger together. Right. Um, and so I right. love to see that. Like to me, that that personally, I think that is kind of the effect of what we've been able to do as an organization. Um, And then on top of that, just seeing also um, on the charitable side, what we've been able to do through Mm -hmm. Books and Ball. Um, And even though COVID kind of hit everybody, you know, left field, um, we still see amazing charitable acts going around. I know Lauren Holiday and Drew Holiday committed their entire salary to their fund. So people are really, and even now with all of the athlete activism that's happening, mm-hmm. um, it, it's been great to see just people stepping out front and, and using their platforms in that way. Right. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. that you're like, both of you are taking from personal um, journeys and then having that courage to kind of use that to create the voice and then the platform. So you're not just like, hey, this happened to me. 
and I'm going to watch the world go by as everybody else figures it out. You're like, no, 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 I actually figured this out. So let me help you. Let me give you some, Mm -hmm. you know, choices, a platform to speak your, speak your voice or learn your voice or how even to navigate the worlds that you've been put in. Um, And LaShonda, I know as a former player, you were, um, and I got this from the internet, You were an NCAA student athlete at Mercer University and Emory University. How would you say that, you know, in in keeping with the idea of your personal journey, um, how would you say that you were able to translate some of that dedication of playing as an NCAA player, right? playing into what you're doing with the sports sorority? And are you seeing, um, you know, like to Mia's point when she came in to this, you know, world and how it was to what it is now, are you seeing um, as current players, you know, they're learning more branding, they're getting more money, you know, are you seeing a difference and are you, do you think it's a something valid from what you were in when you were a, a former player to what you see with former players currently and also how uh, former players are now transitioning? You know, how they, like Chene Umake, who is working with ESPN, what 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 do you see there um, as, you know, your time, this now, and your journey to how you created Sport Sorority? Mm, a lot of great questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, um, I will start with just the transferable skills from athletes. To entrepreneurship there's so many in there um like you said just playing sports teaches young girls and I'm such an advocate of boys and girls both playing sports and why I'm so passionate about staying connected to sports because I learned so much about confidence self-esteem discipline through my time playing sports and then when we got to the college level or when I got to the college level that's when you had the the curfew, the 5am workouts, the study tables, like everything was laid out for you, but there was no, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of room to mess up or go out. I, I remember we had curfew and hearing people on my hall, like getting ready to go out. And it was like, okay, this is the life. Of a student. <laughs> you know? So you had some of that, you had some of the just learning how to be disciplined and dedicate the necessary time um, and work towards your passion. So it taught me a lot about work ethic and also leadership. I think sports teaches a lot about leadership. And so mm. It's, it's another thing that's kind of innate in me. Um, I played point guard throughout my entire career. And, you know, if you know basketball, you know, point guard is kind of like the coach on the floor. So I've been a coach, I've been a coach like forever. And so it's kind of funny with the position of CEO, I kind of, you know, coach my teams and then Mm -hmm. I am a mindset and high performance coach now. So Mm -hmm. just even in the the career path that I'm taking now, it's all transferable to who I am and what I've developed over the years. Mm. Um, To speak to your point about what's going on with the current student athletes, I think it's great that they're learning personal development. There's more of an emphasis on financial literacy and also who you are beyond the game, who you are outside of the game, because I struggled with that identity for several years. When I was about to graduate college at Emory, um, top 20 institution and supposed to kind of set you up in life. But I was like, what do I do now? I'm only 
have ever known sports and been used to sports. And so when it came time to graduate, I was just like, I am going to get my master's in sports administration. Sounds like a good idea. And then I applied <laughs> to become a, yeah, a sport. <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. See? Yeah. And then I was like, uh, I, I applied to become a graduate assistantship in athletics. So um, I worked in student athlete development. So I was tutoring young student athletes and all of that. But beyond that, it was just kind of like trial and error is mm -hmm. what got me to entrepreneurship. And so um, I think it's great that the question is being asked of these young athletes earlier on, mm -hmm. like, okay, it's great that you want to achieve this dream, but what next? Yeah. And also I think it's important for us to continue to raise the visibility of the careers beyond sports that are mm -hmm. just as great, just as cool. Um, and will set you up for life. Cause you also have to look at the statistics of professional athletes, um, that are, you know, going broke within five yeah. years, mm -hmm. three years after they play. Yeah. And so, you know, we as a society have to do a deep dive to change those things. Um, and so I think the conversation of personal branding is, um, is wonderful. And, you know, what we do at the sports sorority, that's, that's why I decided to rebrand from just the professional athlete wives conversation, mm -hmm. with women in sports in general, because I thought about young LaShonda, um, you know, 19, 20 years old, graduating yeah. college, not knowing what the next step was. And I said, I want to reach back and I want to counsel and give yeah. some clarity to these young women who I know are going to have the same questions that I did. I, God, I, I love that. Oh yeah. No, I, yeah. you know, I love that so much. I think, I've, I've always been someone, I think us, you know, as the podcast, we've always been someone that says, let's just keep giving as much information and education. You know, people are going to do what they are going to do with it. Right. So you don't need to hoard those things, which just put it out there. And, you know, as soon as they, as everybody rises together, kind of in, in a way, um, you know, thinking a little bit about that too, um, it seems like mentorship is something that's really, really important. I know we've gone, we're, all three of us have worked at tech companies and mentorship has been, or currently work, sorry. I'm the <laughs> only one who is my own boss. So um, <laughs> they still work at companies. But, you know, um, as part of, um, you know, one of the big things was women in STEM and women in tech and how the, the lack of mentorship mm -hmm. is a huge uh, issue. It's a huge blocker. They, that's what like 3% conference is about and those types of conferences that the key is when you have a mentor, then you have the access mm -hmm. and you know, it's the networking, what have you. What, what are your thoughts on mentorship and who are your mentors to do what you do? Mm -hmm. um, I think mentorship is everything um you know next to your like parents or whoever your initial guiding <laughs> guiding blocks are like those are the people that keep you accountable right um that can give you a blueprint and that can give you just that honest candid um information or advice mm -hmm. that you will need at every turn mm -hmm. whether it's your relationship whether it's you know career um and so for me obviously my mom is like one of my <laughs> mentors. Um, another would be Marvette Brito, who is a, um, 
she started in PR in New York mm. years ago, but she's totally like a brand strategist for Fortune 500 companies. Mm. Just a brilliant black woman that I trust with my life. Um, and then I would say um, Jennifer Gensick Rice Henry, who is the senior executive producer of Grownish, but was also mm. in my group back in the day, or our group. <laughs> and so definitely, she's like the big sister, her and Enrique, the big sisters that I've had, but never had. Um, but I'm segueing back into the entertainment space. And so Jenny has played a huge role in that. And we have some really exciting things uh, in the pipeline. So those three women definitely um, are my go-to pick up the phone when I need help, nice. which is rare. I don't really like to ask for help. <laughs> I know. Right, right. I know. I know. And Lashonda, before you answer, I want to hit on that point because it is so, why is it? Why is it that us women that will f- create our own organizations, we yeah. will make our own podcasts. We will be like, that's wrong. So, I, you know, I can't sit at this table. So I'm going to build a table mm-hmm. and I'm going to make it my, why is it so hard for us to ask for help? Is it weakness? Is it what is in us? Is, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I think it's personal for everyone, mm-hmm. like what that thing is. And it's probably something from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for my, for me, um, is just the expectations that were set for my mom were like perfection. So I mean, not really, but <laughs> close. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. She just was huge on accountability. So mm. for me, asking for help somehow translates to I'm not doing my job the mm. way that I know that I can, which mm. is probably not right. And I might need some therapy, but <laughs> <laughs> we all need therapy. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody can benefit from Everybody. therapy. <laughs> therapy yeah. is not a weakness, right? No, right. It's not. Not. It actually shows strength. So yeah, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Why do women have trouble um, asking for help? You know, I, yeah, I think it's a mindset thing. It, it's a, it's a pride thing that if you really dig deep, it comes from, it can actually be an issue of self-worth, right? Like mm. we take on so much within ourselves. A, a, an easy example is if you have kids, cause I was a, a culprit of this. I used to do this. I used to think that accepting help with my kids made me mm-hmm. somehow a lesser mom. And like, it mm-hmm. looks like you take on this martyr mindset that like, I'm proving my worthiness by mm-hmm. taking on all these different roles and taking on so much. And in the process, you're, um, you're only hurting yourself and those around you. So right. it really right. is a deep issue of self-worth that you have to, yeah, get through in therapy or with the coach or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, my take on mentorship is that it's, um, it's, it's everything just to piggyback off what Mia said. And that's why we just launched a mentorship program Mm. through the sports sorority. And so our first cohort is seven women that we matched up with women in the industry. Just a couple of examples I'm really excited about, excited about. We had a mentee who in her application, she said her dream job was to work at ESPN. And so I matched her Mm. with someone who's on first take right now. Oh, wow. um, yeah, and so I get to read some of their session notes, and I saw how their their first 
meeting went and she was teaching her all about her elevator pitch. And I'm just like, Oh, this is so great. Like that's mm-hmm. everything to me. Um, so, so yeah, in my own life, like I said before, I used to have a lot of trouble asking for help. Not so much. Now I've been joining my mentors are really those in mastermind groups and who are doing what I want to do in coaching. So my coaches right now, my mentors are Brennan Bouchard, Lauren Jono. She's someone I meet with. I have um, at least an hour conversation with every week. Um, and we dive into my own mindset. And if I mm-hmm. ever have a limit, if I ever have any limiting beliefs, we nip it in the bud right there. And I like right after our calls, I'm journaling and, um, it's great to reflect on that, right? Like how we evolve and and I can even look back and say, Oh man, like I was caught up on this last week. Like why? <laughs> and you're able to work through it and keep going towards your goals and whatever you want to achieve. So um, yeah, mentorship is everything. And I look forward to bringing more, you know, more mentor and mentee connections via the sports sorority and mentoring um, young women myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I match people and sometimes I overlook the fact that I'm, I'm mentoring these women, you know, every day. And it's, it's something that I enjoy. Wow. So excellent. Yeah. yeah. Mentors is definitely, um, cause I know like I've always decried, why don't I have a mentor? Cause I just never, I mean, you know, maybe I didn't see them as mentors, but I wish I had really much more. I tend mm-hmm. to be the one doing a lot of the push through the one, the br- cracking. I mean, uh, I, both of these young women here, they, one was on my team. The other one worked tangentially and they saw me kicking a lot of stuff around. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but also to speak to that, Liz, I think for me, you are one of the first women of color to be a mentor mm-hmm. for me. And I wonder Mia and LaShonda too, like, either in your personal journeys or to reach out to the younger generation of women of color, how do we find women of color to be mentors? Like, where can we look? Because a lot of times, especially in tech, they're not there. They're yeah. far and few in between. Um, I know for, and just outside looking in, are me being invited to various women's conferences. Like I've been to the Women on Boards conference. And I don't know, I guess... When you're a little younger, you're like, oh, a conference. Like, they <laughs> <laughs> got happy hours now at the end. <laughs> well, and I think it's about how seriously you take your professional development. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, it really is your duty to put yourself in these rooms that are uncomfortable and new. Um, and, and listening in on conversations that, you know, you may not have even thought to be listening in on. Um, but that in itself has expanded just my awareness of these women networks and organizations that exist like MBWA, like the sports mm-hmm. sorority, but they're in all fields. It's just, you yeah. do have to do a little bit of digging and you do have to network yourself. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you have to kind of just get out front and, um, and be open to, new relationships and for women we are very guarded because Mm -hmm. we're so nurturing and open for so many years and of course we have relationship things and friendship things so when you know we're in our early 30s I don't even know how everybody is on this thing but you kind (laughs) of like 30s yeah (laughs) (laughs) you kind of shut down like that friendless and it's like well that's fine but you can still have 
professional colleagues and like expand mm -hmm. your network in that different area. Not everyone has to be your bestie or mm -hmm. you don't have to tell all of your life story to everyone, but making space for those professional relationships to exist is very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Karen, have you, sorry, as you, because you say you're in the tech space, I'm sure you know of Morgan Bond, you follow Mandela right. and those women. Like, I know that they're there and I know the visibility for women of color in different industries is there um, or it's increasing as far as, because I'm thinking of women of color in sports, the group that just started. And I mm -hmm. believe there's a women of color in tech group. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, all of those support groups are needed, but I follow some of those women as well in other industries because I think, you know, they're amazing because I can only imagine how Silicon Valley is and, you know, the, um, the culture there and they are breaking barriers and, um, so those are the two, at least two women right off the top of my head that I know are doing it. And, you know, so get connected to Founder Gym and Afrotech and all of those mm. things that um, Morgan's doing. But that's yeah. excellent resource. Thank you. That's excellent. Yeah, I've like I've gotten to a point in my career because I'm on the later side of 30, early side of 40. Just want to say. I was going to say that. You don't look at 29 forever. I got a bright light over here. It's some other right. things, right? Um, but I have found, because I do consulting, and I've been, when I do get on or I get approached by recruiters or someone from the company, I have been asking, what is your, what is your path to inclusivity? Mm -hmm. It's in your leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, who, um, how is your board? You know, because I know as a youngin, you are hungry and you're just like, give me a chance. And then once you get in there, you can do so much, but you just need that door open. I'm at a point where I'm like, I know that I need to open the door for other people and to do that I have to do I have to do my due diligence to ask questions that are not considered politically correct like how many women are, are in your leadership how many of them are color of women of color you know mm -hmm. so um it's not it's not in uh it should be normalized you know this should be in these should be normalized conversations that we're having um but you know we got we didn't start I always like to say we didn't start you know at zero there's women like yourselves, women like us doing what we're doing that are laying the bricks. Mm -hmm. um, and it just has, you just have to take advantage to your point. Like really, it's all there. You just got to do the, the searching and the yeah. looking and the finding. And once you find your tribe, mm -hmm. you just keep building on that. So yeah. I, I, I love all of the, this messaging. Um, I have two more questions before I let you, go, let you two women go. One is, I got to ask you about the bubbles. Because we had the WNBA <laughs> and the NBA bubbles. And uh -huh. I have a feeling that these bubbles directly affected both of you in some capacity. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I'm wondering um, how, how, you know, as fans of the game, at the beginning we were like, no bubble, stop sports, you know. Right, and then, right. and then yep. we were like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah, we were we were big bubble haters. Oh, big bubble haters! <laughs> like, huge. No, bubble we were haters. just like, no, we need to concentrate on getting better. You know, yeah. how dare they put these, uh, you know, athletes in danger? They're crazy yeah. sending them to Florida. What about their families? I mean, like, you can we got it on tape, so you, yeah. you play it back. And then once it started, we're like, mm, this is so much. This is actually fun. This is okay. These seem to be fine. Everyone seems to be okay. So you know, 
course, as fans, we enjoyed it. But you two personally being in, you know, um, with NBA families, um, mm -hmm. part of the, um, you know, WNBA, NBA, um, how would you say that um, you initially felt mm -hmm. when you heard that these bubbles were going to be happening mm -hmm. and how the quarantining of, you know, players of, for the season and in the end, in retrospect, do you think that it was successful? Um, and would you, you know, they're talking about Mohegan Suns talking about doing another bubble. Mm -hmm. Would you say that it's something that you're like, okay, I can kind of get behind this or there are blind spots that maybe us as fans, because we're not in it, um, can't yeah. see. Um, let Mia take this one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I think you could speak some interesting things with the WNBA bubble. Um, but so... My brother-in-law was actually in the bubble, DeLon Wright, with the Dallas Mavericks. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think initial thoughts, Jesus, it feels like that was like two years ago. <laughs> right? <laughs> what is time? I don't even remember like when they announced the bubble was happening. Yeah. Right. Um, but obviously, um, I think one, I know that Adam Silver is one of the brightest minds mm -hmm. probably on earth. Um, and so I was very confident that if anyone in any sports league was going to figure this thing out, it would be Adam Silver, Amy Brooks, who's, you know, their president of TMBO and chief uh, officer of innovations. So I like I've, I've met with these people, um, just seen the example of Adam, you know, from him pulling out of All Star because of North Carolina and that bill that was not passed. Like. Right. He's always kind of setting the tone and the trend of what's next in sports, essentially, mm -hmm. or like, you know, how, how sports is pivoting. So I knew that it would work. <laughs> like, I knew it would work. I think the funny things were like, okay, are guys really going to be locked down, like, without their families mm -hmm. or access to life? Like, how is right. that part of it going to work? Um, but my brother's experience was very... Cool. I mean, it, it gave them an opportunity, I think, to really, really focus on the game because mm -hmm. that is yeah. all that was there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I give credit to the NBA and the Players Association mm -hmm. for making sure that, um, you know, the narrative of acknowledging what was happening socially was still mm -hmm. present and out front. Um, I think that, um, I, and I think the biggest takeaway is that no one tested positive the entire time. Yeah. They did a deal with Yale. They had their own rapid testing every day. Yeah. And it's like, come on guys, this is America. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what is stopping yeah. us if it's this current administration yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. but like the exactly. fact that America can't have the bubble type experience in mm -hmm. every county, like it just doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's kind of one of the biggest takeaways is like, oh, look, we can get rid of uh, coronavirus <laughs> and right. get back to our lives somewhat, but there has to be some sort of plan. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that was one of the most successful takeaways of the mm -hmm. entire thing. And then obviously to have the Lakers win the championship as an yes. as an old to Kobe, <laughs> RIP. Um, that was, you know, that was a, a great kind of culmination of it all. But I believe they are talking about kind of bubble cohorts yeah. 
around the country. Um, right. I think that's the next step. But then there's also the talk of having fans being in attendance in these bubble cohorts. So it's going to be interesting um, mm-hmm. to see when they start back up, how things start back up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, at, and for the WNBA, I must say that I was really disappointed in mm-hmm. the lack of um, sponsorship for things that like guys had no bubble yeah. maximum experience. They had yeah. everything possible and what, without even kids there or anything, right? They had mm-hmm. barbershops and this and that, which is great. I love that for them. But for the WNBA, um, they did not have, their children were in there. They didn't have classrooms. They didn't mm-hmm. have like, you know, just kind of the essentials that you would think they yeah. would provide. Um, and I thought that was whack. And I don't know who <laughs> to point the finger at. But, <laughs> right? It was yeah. kind of messed up because one of our members, and I won't name her, but she reached out to me like, what can we do about the WNBA bubble? And I was like, well, here's the sticky part is that if we do this and we raise these funds, then they're going to look at it and say, well, why are you giving the WNBA money? Why aren't mm. you, you know, like there's always that two yeah. sides of things. But yeah. I, I really um, give honor to those women who, who just did their jobs. They didn't complain. You know what I mean? I mean, they they should have been complaining, but (laughs) they made it work like women do always. And I just hope moving forward, there's a little bit more support for the WNBA just in totality, but most especially if you're asking families to go back to a bubble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Amen to that. Amen to that. For sure. Yeah, I'm just going to add a little bit to what Mia said because she covered a lot. Um, As far as my initial reaction to the bubble and everything, it's funny because when they were going into the bubble, I had my AAU season was postponed. I actually was coaching youth girls basketball and was excited about the AAU season and then coronavirus. And I was like, great. You know, it was actually my... (laughs) My segue back into coaching girls, I had been coaching young boys for the past six months. And so this is going to be my first girls travel basketball team. I was so excited. And then coronavirus. Um, And so obviously for safety reasons, um, our local arena was kind of shut down. So many people gathered. Um, So I just thought that was it for basketball in general. So when I heard about the WNBA and the NBA, I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, you figure if you can't gather, you can't play sports at the youth level, then why are they at the professional level? Um, I will say the one or the positive about the WNBA bubble was the visibility around the Black Lives Matter movement, Mm. um, around Breonna Taylor. And I just love how they used that moment to really honor her, um, to shed light on what was happening, on what's happening in our country with police brutality and all of that. And they knew that the cameras would be there, um, that they were going to have some kind of coverage. And so in that isolated situation, they really made the most of it and were at the forefront. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, they even, you know, they were the, the male athletes that were like, okay, the WNBA, like they've been doing this, they've been activists for a while, but then you had new, you know, new people um, kind of privy to what they were doing. And I just loved how a lot of the NBA players started wearing the WNBA hoodie, you know, the orange hoodie, you started spotting that Mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, And so they really were able to capitalize on that moment. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I was just happy to see one of my favorite players of all time, Sue Bird, you know, her. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. (laughs) 
That's all. I, I too am a Laker fan for life. So let me tell you, I was super happy. These other two, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm a real right fan. I don't, when he's retired now, but I okay. guess I have to go back to being a Laker fan. There you go. <laughs> One more question before we let you two women go. Um, and you don't have to share if you don't want to, but we've been very focused on voting and getting out the vote. So we were wondering if you would share with us what your voting plan is. Biden Harris is the voting plan. I will say, mail-in ballots are dope. Or filling out your ballot, dropping it in an official ballot drop box is something, especially in counties where you know the lines are going to be long. Like that is something you should be doing and mm-hmm. taking advantage of. For me, the small suburb I live in, there's not going to be many lines, wait times. So mm-hmm. I'm going to actually go and make sure my I love it. Yeah, but no, please you please vote. Please um mail in your votes. Make sure you pay attention to the deadlines. Um every state, county is different. Um up and down the ticket. Make sure you are studying what the propositions are. Um, and, and, and looking at both sides. So you make an informed decisions. Yeah. Love yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Biden and Harris. Okay. I'm speaking. <laughs> I'm speaking. Yes. <laughs> That's the move yes. all 2020. But yes. um, <laughs> yeah, um, where I live, like Mia, there's not long lines every time that I've voted. Um, so I will be going and voting in person. Nice. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah, awesome. I love it. We all did mail in. I got mine yes. accepted by the registrar. So registrar. So we're good. Yes. We're good. Mail in yeah. works. You can mail in works. So mail in works. Yeah. And dropping your ballot in the ballot yeah. box. Absolutely. As long, just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Lashonda, Mia, you too. I mean, I was so nervous having you on, but oh you, God. oh my gosh. I'm like, you guys are like goals. You are goals, essentially. Thank you, Liz. I appreciate it. It's been awesome being here with you ladies. Oh my gosh, yes. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your words. Thank you for holding space for so many people that are up and coming into just the world of sports and women as part of it. And it's so important. Um, Is there any like URLs or anything you want to uh, let our audience know? We're going to have a a lot of them in the show notes, but just in case there's anything in the forefront you all want to give out info yeah i mean just follow mbwa on socials our follower accounts ticking up i know but in that area you know follow mbwa at mbwa ssoc and then i'm at mrs mia wright so awesome awesome follow the journey yeah, you can follow us at the Sports Sorority, um, and I would just want all of our or all of your followers, whoever's listening, tuning in, to know that um, if you are a women woman in sports looking for courses, mentorship, or you just want to follow a page that's highlighting women working in sports and who's up and coming, hashtag Women Belong in Sports. Go ahead and follow us, and the URL is thesportsorority.com. and then you can find me via those channels personally if you want to reach out and connect that way. Excellent. Everybody wants to, will want to connect. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. We totally appreciate it. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Have a great rest of the day.
And we are back. Guys, what? That was amazing. Yes. Yep. I'm like, agreed. Oh, what do I need man. to do today? <laughs> <laughs> Besides vote. You're, yeah. You're, vote, but you know what? That's a big one. Journal, network, mm-hmm. get a mentor, Meditate, get a mentee, side hustles. Yeah. Yeah. The mental mentee one is a, is a tough one for me. Because Liz, you've... Yours was is like you know you got to be my boss so that was a uh, that was easy but to seek out someone yeah. that you know is already probably busy as hell and you're just like uh, I know I know yeah. well maybe taking maybe in the sports sorority they have like something that that details how to ask for right. a mentor right you know there's definitely resources where you can ask for that and I I highly recommend I mean I know we don't like to spend money, you know, per se, unless we are putting, you know, merch on or buying some food or can, you know, I understand it's like, it's easier to spend money when you have like the direct rewards, but I cannot tell you how much it, it worked having a career coach. A career coach was so essential because it really helped me post uh, my last job at Verizon Media to become my own story and how to thread the story that I had for my job. And I think that was really smart to do. So I cannot recommend enough to get a good career coach. So I, I'm just so thankful that LaShonda Martin and Mia Wright had um, time to come and talk to us. And it is something that I hope everybody gets something from because it was mm-hmm. incredible. It was an incredible yeah. moment. We were so fortunate. Yep. So fortunate. Um, moving on to sports in the age of coronavirus. Corona. Corona, 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 Corona. I wish it was just a bucket of Coronas because you know what? We could all use that. Why not? Why not? Um, first off, the NBA Board of Governors met to discuss the 2020 20 21 season because why not using me? Like I see January, I see Christmas. I'm like, come on. Well, uh, potentially they want to do a Christmas start, okay? Because historically, you know, that's the NBA showcase. Everybody knows that, you know, that and NBA doesn't really start until Christmas for a lot of us. And right. that's when you have like six games and it's the marquee teams and kind of what could potentially be a playoff series. So, you know, that's definitely a showcase there. Other owners are saying, you know, maybe they start mid-January for uh, during the MLK holiday. Um, in any case, they really want to push the play to get the full 82 games with the playoffs. And they want to do it in arenas with fans. I, you know what? I just don't understand that part. Like, we just came off a successful bubble. Why are you trying to rush in this season in two months? It's literally November. Yeah. It's basically November. Yeah, and, and like- you're wanting... Go ahead. <laughs> <I'm so funny. laughs> I was just going to say, it was hard for postseason. How are they going to do an entire season in a bubble? Yeah. Yeah. Because they only had like the top eight. Yeah. Because it was already going into playoff mode. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Adam I mean, Silver, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I d- That's fine. If they want to 
try to do, but I'm fine with doing another bubble if that is what they want to do, but I'm not as confident with the playing in the stadiums. Also because that just gives people like the, the, the cue that they can be irresponsible, you know, that mm-hmm. things are okay. And that might be the case when you're, you know, uh, in an, in an institution that's going to pay you well and have those protocols, but it's not going to be okay when you're trying to like get your Chipotle and someone just went to a, a see a basketball game and they, right. you know, put their mask as a chin strap because they wanted to drink their Budweiser. It's like, no, uh, people yeah. get loosey goosey. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. come on, you know, come on, let's be honest. When condoms I just, and drunk, how are you going <laughs> to, how are you going to squeeze in if you're starting your season already like two months late? Yeah. How are you going to squeeze in in a full season of 80 games and that like you're just you just keep like pushing every other season and messing up every other season after that? Like, why wouldn't you just like, I don't know. It just so it's so weird to me. Like these days are never going to get a break. Right. And I know then, if you start Christmas, what everyone has to quarantine two weeks away from families, not celebrate Christmas with their families unless they're gonna open up the bubble for everyone's immediate families and then I'm like well what about like Lou Williams he's gonna have both girlfriends like what's happening (laughs) are they gonna have a pool of like single ladies for the single guys to like what where are the Instagram models gonna be yeah is it it, it the bubble club like what band camp what's going on yeah weird it is weird it's getting weird and I I don't know like I'm I'm hoping that the Players Association has a little more sense because you can't make time. Like you can't, you would have to have like the, the amount of 82 games squashed until those times you're never not playing. I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous, which is fine. That's what I'm saying is like, if you want to have a full season, then your season's going to go past what it normally does. And, yeah. and, go into the next season, the 2022 season after that, like you're never, we're never going to get back to a normal start time. And not to mention the pandemic is rising again. So why are we having conversations about having people go into arenas? Like are, are we all so great? We're just like, nah, it's not happening. It's happening. I agree with that so much. We just had a day with like 80,000 new cases, which is the highest day on record so far. It's happening all over again. And we're like, no, you know what? We got to get the people in so we can sell some corn dogs. (laughs) But corn dogs. (laughs) People got to go. We got to go. No, I I am so agreeing with you. If you're going to do it again, it looks like it's going to have to be a bubble. And I don't know, like, how else, like, why? Uh, yeah. So that that's what they're doing. Um, they're also, the, so the NBA draft will be a virtual draft on ESPN. And that is set for Wednesday, November 18th. And, um, or is it the 19th? It's the 18th to the 19th. And then, oh, this might actually, like, all of the schedule planning might jeopardize the 2021 All-Star Game. Like, yeah. who cares? And the All-Star game, the All-Star game <laughs> was so much fun last year, or this year. It was this year. Oh, my God. It was this year. It was this year. This year is not over. It's, it was, everything oh was this year. Yeah. 
can't believe that. So yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I've never been like a total huge fan. I'm I'm okay with the All Star Game not happening. I'm fine with that, but I'm just not okay with everything they're gonna do that might jeopardize people's health so that they could have an All Star Game. It's like yeah. I don't think that that's necessary. So they got a lot to look at, and I'm sure we're gonna hate it. And then as fans, we're gonna be like. It's all right, you know. <laughs> We're gonna, I'm gonna be at the game. <laughs> I'm like, look at me, chin strap mask, drinking my Budweiser, green dripping in coronavirus as oh, you walk absolutely. out of there. Totally, totally. Um, <laughs> let's see. Also, I know we talked a little bit about this last episode. But the Lakers have been in more discussions to do a possible um, trade, a five. Po- five they're looking at five possible trade packages. Um, which all, which include Kuzma and Danny Green, which I'm like, what are you gonna get, booze? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Another bench warmer. <laughs> like, you got You're gonna have to give more than that. I'm <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I am just saying. What that. do you get, get for that? <laughs> well, the rumors are that the tar- they have some targets. They're targeting Jordan Clarkson, Hassan Whiteside. Oh, I'm down with Jordan Clarkson. Carmelo Anthony, Kyle Korver, oh, and Jeff no. Green. Which I'm like. Okay, I'll take Mello. That's the only person. You can't have him. I know. Yeah, I think he's 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 shining in Portland. I, that's not gonna Okay, happen. Karen. Back off, Great. Liz. Back <laughs> off. You know he wants you to can be have, in LA. You can have Hassan who wears now. and is like now. I have to jump or <laughs> No. We saw Hassan barely be able to like run on the other side of the court pre-covid and then during the bubble no no gracias. i also feel like jordan clarkson is just kyle kuzma with neck tattoos yeah pretty much like they're just like, and he yeah. doesn't wear women's power suits <laughs> <laughs> yeah fishnet, fishnet tank top fishnet tank tops <laughs> and women's power suits from mysterious <laughs> like boo boo, did you go shopping blindfolded and run sex? Yes, it's know. called fashion, ladies. He probably okay? wore fashion. fashion blindfold and was like, <laughs> <laughs> West, Westbrook is fashion with his like under boob stuff, but the under woman his construction vest that he wears. Uh, oh God, but this uh, vest cost me five thousand dollars, so it's fashion. Jeez, yeah. Exactly. So I don't know what's happening there, but there's they're talking about trades. I think they I mean I, I guess they want to try to fill in for AD more so because I don't know what LeBron's gonna do. Like if he's gonna have to play Christmas, I he I, I there there's gonna be some load management because he tired. They all tired, but they're older. I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's see what else. Uh, for a little a WNBA news, this is per Power Plays News, which is run by Lindsay Gibbs. Um, comes a report on the percentage of total sports coverage of women's basketball received through the 2020 playoffs. Are you guys ready for these numbers? Can you just not even wait? The New York Times had 10.2%. The Washington Post had 2.6%. USA Today had 2.4%. LA Times had 3.3%, Dallas Morning News 2.1%, and the Chicago Tribune had 0.8%. So there you go. There wow. you go. Chicago, really? You know what? My thing is if you if you don't have anyone on staff, there's plenty 
that you can plenty you can find plenty women that you just open up Twitter just like you would LinkedIn just right. go on Twitter and you'll it, find it was like you know how Sue Bird's sort of comments about why people or the media uh, idolizes women's soccer versus the WNBA and mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah. Uh, I saw one article. The headline was female basketball player. I'm like, bitch, her name's Sue Bird. And it was a female writer. And then I checked, she wasn't even a sports columnist or anything. And I'm like, how is this hard? If you can't get a writer that knows sports to write this, then just get it syndicated into your publication at some point. Like, yeah. But and even, the whole time, she didn't even mention Sue's name till like the last paragraph. So bizarre. Uh, like disrespect, not, bitch. <laughs> not, but not only that, like if you really don't have someone who can, and obviously if you don't have the wherewithal to find all right. these women that we follow that right. cover mm-hmm. the WNBA for whatever reason, you can still, there's so many storylines that are coming out of the WNBA with all the social justice initiatives. Um, you could talk about Maya Moore. You could talk about mm-hmm. uh, Neka Umake and her sister, Cheney. I mean, there, there are countless stories that are out there that if you don't want to focus on the sports angle because you don't feel like you have someone that can really talk about the X's and the O's of the game, mm-hmm. there's so much reporting that is so yeah. relevant to and, everything that's happening today. Right. And we know so many WNBA writers who aren't tied to a publication. Like, hello, it's called Freelance Money. Let's go. Yeah. And it, it makes it even more disrespectful at the fact that there aren't any other sports going on at the time. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. that's how little you care about the WNBA is yeah. that there's literally nothing else going on other than NBA, right? Yeah. And maybe a little bit of baseball. You yeah. care about them so little that your sports section, what it is like dying for material that you're like, now nah, we won't even write about it. Yeah. And you know what else too is like, you'd rather, I saw more thought pieces about Korean bas- uh, baseball than I did anything about the playoffs. Uh, I don't, I mean, it's, it's pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. Um, Moving on to the Mohegan Sun bubble. I just read this in ESPN.com that uh, a resort on the tribal land in Connecticut is finalizing plans to host more than 30 college basketball teams as it becomes a modified bubble um, for several early season tournaments, including two uh, being moved from New York. So they've teamed up with the Na- the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, which holds its men's tip-off tournament and women's challenge there every year, and the Gazelle Group, which runs Empire Classic and the Legends Classic in New York. Obviously, we have said this, the WNBA bubble and the NBA bubble have been the blueprints of how you can manage these tournament style or season long uh, games. If, you know, I'm I'm hoping these players in these tournaments have representation from a player's point of view. I mean, get the same protocols into place. It can be done. It can be done. Mm -hmm. And no fans, just straight up sports. I would, you know, see what happens, see what happens, but I'm glad that, you know, they're moving the forward. And you don't have to take current events out of a bubble as we saw. You can still be talking about the world around you and what's happening, um, yeah. even when you're in a quarantined situation. 
Um, Angel City, we have some Angel City updates. They have confirmed their name as Angel City Football Club, and they have officially joined the National Women's Soccer League. So it is done. You don't need to bring them here. They are here. We're we're excited to have our Los Angeles team. Um, The additional investors also uh, jumped on board, and that Mm -hmm. includes um, Billie G. King and Elana Kloss. Candace Parker and her daughter Layla, Lindsey Vaughn, Becky G, uh, Sophia Bush, James Gordon, Gabby Jones, and Ryan Khalil, just to name a few. So, hey, this looks like it is on the move. James Corden? James Corden, yes. He's going to make up for some shit, that's why. I can't stand him. Anyways, but welcome aboard. (laughs) (laughs) That was so presidential of you. (laughs) You're like, that guy is a piece of crap, but he's all right, I guess. He actually is a piece of shit. We had him at NFL Network and he was very like, you're going to have to talk to many people and ask them, ask them, I need this, I need that. And it was like, uh, you are the worst. Uh, Anywho, (laughs) welcome to the team. (laughs) I love it. I love how it. Do, I love how it. How do we become investors in this? Apparently, they're just opening it up to everybody. So, yeah. like, is this like a Packers situation where the fans can get a little piece yeah, of the prize? Can I throw right? like a dollar? Yeah. Can we yeah. do some penny stock in this? Yeah. yeah. Can I? I'll throw a fifty your way. What's that get yeah. me? <laughs> Let's do a GoFundMe so we can invest. <laughs> hey. 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 All right. <laughs> In the works. Kendall just came up with a GoFundMe. This time it wasn't Karen. <laughs> okay, Kendall, you tell us when that prize pack is ready, okay? <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I'm going to open the GoFundMe up, and if you donate, then you get a little portion of my portion of Angel oh, City. There you go. That's how about you that. do it. That's how you do. That's how you hey, do it. Hey, hey. I like it. I like it. Let's figure that out. It'll be uh, like a Christmas stocking situation. <laughs> Um, that we'll do for Angel City. Stocking. Hey. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street over here. <laughs> hey, Leo. <laughs> Speaking of Wolf of Wall Street, we yeah. got Mama Money Karen <laughs> is going to come up with some money matters here in this little piece of our uh, sports and age of coronavirus. Karen, hit it. Go. Oops, yes, mute. First off. <laughs> Second, I don't know what y'all, but before I get into the money talk, let's okay. talk about the dumb talk that we've been seeing on Twitch lately. About all these dudes, you know, Sue Bird and the LeBron infographic side by side coming in trying to argue why the mm. women in WNA don't deserve the money. They're like, no one watches it. They don't bring in the money, yada, yada, bullshit, as they sit on their couch and scratch their ass. <laughs> Listen, the WFA commissioner, Kathy Engelbert, notes that 1% of sports sponsorship dollars goes to women's sports. Despite mm. the fact that 84% of sports fans are interested in women's sports and women control 85% of the spending power, which we talk about all the goddamn time because- All the time. Hello, Liz, who's buying shit at your house? Oh, me. All of it. I even bought him his entire uh, New York Liberty outfit, you know? <laughs> I, yeah. Like, 
like get him all the stuff. Yes, he can be all a coach sidelines. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. So, you know, all these motherfuckers, you want to talk numbers? Yes. Uh what's in your bank account? Because I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, no, not you. I'm talking about okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how dare you? No. But that's what they want to say to me. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah, yeah. that's what they want to say to us when yes. we talk about the equality of funding and spending. And let's remember someone and a man tweeted it, which thank you. Mm. Reminder, mm-hmm. you know, the WNBA is part of the NBA. It's not like, um, what was he saying? He was like, it's not like, oh, someone says that the McDonald's in Detroit just doesn't deserve the same amount of money as the one mm-hmm. in LA. Like, it's like, they're all the same company. Right. Like, the execs are the ones choosing not to put more energy, not to put more money. Mm-hmm. So we as fans are saying, put it because you're going to make money. We're here hungry mm-hmm. for uh, gear. We're out snatching. Mm-hmm. We're buying. We're finding mm-hmm. things on like Poshmark. That's oh, over- yeah. I'm over here yeah. buying kids extra large. Yes, she is. Yes. Yeah. Woo! That's so, right. Yeah. Max. So I'm just saying we're here. Yeah, we're you, hungry. You flop that size too. Totally. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I can't like lift my arms. Large. Oh, it's, a, it's just a little tight. You know, I can't really play basketball in it. But, right? <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of which, you know, let's, you know, for all those dicks out there trolling, there's mm. the great dick sports who's carrying that is true. Parker and Sabria Ionesco jerseys. And we hear they're flying, flying. I just saw tweets. I saw tweets. Flying. They're flying. Megan Hines. She just tweeted. I came in. She found a bunch of Candace Parker stuff. She was like, Cop look, it, and dicks responded with like, we can't keep them off. Keep them on the shelf. People want. You gotta, you gotta spend gear. a little money to make a little money. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it, exactly. You're right. Money They're talks. Dick. Like money mama talks, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need to get you some like there. money music into your money. Oh, I got a whole money playlist. But if you want, we can do the um, <laughs> shake the money maker. <laughs> you know what? Lay me a track. Because we oh, don't have okay. budget for copyright. <laughs> I know, that's true. Okay, we, just, we, we need you to, like, do the, the bell that they do in Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the last news about money, because, you know, that's what we all care about, mm-hmm. is finally we've got some secret deodorant sponsorship committing to a million to support women's hockey. Nice. Um, 25 players will compete in a secret dream tour gap. Secret Dream Gap Tour. Nice. Wow, never looked. What is a tour? Like, what does that mean? I don't know why Dove and Secret hasn't been all up in sports world for women, period. Because I let's, know. come on, ladies, like, come on. I mean, that's like, you gotta, you're sweating, you gotta shower. You gotta, I never want to let it sweat. The sweat through Under jersey? Sweat. Oh, some of the jersey sweats? Oh, man, right? So um, this is a, let's see, I, I'm, you asked Kendall, the PWHPA Secret Showcase Dream Gap Tour is, it's returning to Toronto and it's the largest ever event to date. It's a women's hockey showcase taking place January 11th and through 12th while it happened. That's this, cool. Yeah. 
So they're doing it again in 2021. They did it in 2020 and they're doing it in 2021. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. And I, it's not on our agenda, but I thought it was very important mm-hmm. for us to like shout out or talk about. But the Seattle Storm being a sports team actually endorsing mm-hmm. specifically Biden and Harris. I mean, that is yeah. true. I saw that. That is true. I did see that as well. Yeah. The champs. They don't yep. give no fucks. They're going to be very right. direct. But also, too, and I don't know if you, both you ladies know, with the news of Angel City, isn't Seattle Storm also sort of privately owned or majority female owned? Yeah, they're yeah. all, I think they're all owned by, or there's like five women that own them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They and had them come out when they presented the trophy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's female leadership. At the end of the day. Killing it. End of the day. End of the day. And, and, you know, like I, like I had said earlier, when we were talking to LaShonda and Mia, it's one of those things where, you know, when you get to a certain point in your career, you have to start laying the groundwork by asking questions like, are you diverse? Is there inclusivity? Who's on your board? What does your board look like? What does your leadership look like? Because you have that ability to say that. And that's what these women are doing. They're like, we as a leadership know what's right. And we know we're going Joe uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We know that's right, and yep. they're saying it. And you know what? They're not gonna lose money. <laughs> they're not. They're just not. And if you lose those people, you never had them to begin with. And why would you want them? Period. So you got all that going on. Well, thank you, uh, Mama Money Karen. That was. All, it's always good to look at a little bit of business. <laughs> Little business. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back. We're going to take our hoops off. So we'll be right back. And we are back with our final segment the hoops off. This is where we take our hoops off because we're ready to fight and we get one minute to talk about what we want to fight. So I'm going to go first again this time around. Uh, Karen, let me know when you are ready. In three, two. So I want to take my hoops off to the celebrities coming to defend Chris Pratt. Um, Absolutely not. I will fight everybody in the Marvel universe for this fuckery. Let me tell you, it was a Twitter poll. It was a fucking Twitter poll. They asked, which Chris would you, you know, get rid of? And of course, they're going to say Chris Pratt because Chris Evans, Chris Pine, and Chris Hemsworth are all in my dreams. So I'm not going to get rid of them. Also, you know what? Pratt is problematic. He is in a church that's infamously anti-LGBTQ and non-inclusive in its ideology. He also goes on biblical diets where he like does the Daniel fast, where he like, involves 21 days of prayer and fasting so that gets him closer to God. Um, You know, he talks about how he's an outsider and not part of the blue collar, or he's part of the blue collar of Hollywood, which is something that isn't seen. And you know what, Avengers, I didn't hear you come out for Brie Larson, who was getting death threats when she was speaking about the lack of diversity in the industry, when she became uh, Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel, or you didn't come out for uh, Tessa Thompson or Zendaya for being in Jan Spider-Man. So I'm just saying Mark Ruffalo, Zoe mm-hmm. Zeldano, Robert Downey Jr., you can all fucking just shut it. Ooh, you got the, oh, you got the extra. <sighs> Sorry, I had to give a little extra. I mean, I love Andy Dwyer just like the next person, but he ain't right. it. 
Chris Pratt no. ain't it. No. He is problematic. You know he's a Trumper. He's got to be. Oh, absolutely. He wears like "Don't Tread on Me" shirts and <sighs> shit like that. And oh, somebody went through everybody that he follows on like Twitter, or Instagram, and it's all like police departments, the FBI, Dan Crenshaw, that fucking dude with the patch. Uh, it's like oh, super that guy Trumper. with the pa- oh god. Yeah. All right, like, it's it's bad. Okay. And the story about him giving up his elderly cat. His, or Anna oh, Ferris's elderly yeah. cat on Twitter because Ugh. it was like 15 years old and it was obviously, you know, needing some it was help. Senior, yeah, yeah. Senior cat. So he just like gave it away. The guy what is nonsense. trash, and that's okay. Just don't say anything. How about that? And it's also a fucking yeah. Twitter poll. It's right. a Twitter poll. <laughs> no one cared about your political influence. They were you were stacked up against the three hottest men in the fucking not even Marvel Thank universe you. universe. Right. I, you know what? I just gotta say one word for that's it. I, I like, mean, shouldn't okay if everybody on the internet is saying the same person, shouldn't the studios be like, hmm, maybe yeah. people don't like this guy? You think? You think it was just like a random, like everyone's like go- going in on Chris Pratt, Pratt randomly? Like, no. <laughs> Listen to the people on the internet. We know what the fuck we're talking about. Honestly, we won't go to any more of his movies. We won't even watch it. Like, no. just cut your losses. You you have a live, real-time focus group telling you that this dude is not liked. Let, you know what? It's the same people that think Quibi was going to work, I guess. You know, oh they just cannot, they cannot take uh, feedback. No. So there you go. All right. You go for it. Yikes. Uh, Karen, who, okay, let me get my timer up, Karen. You, or actually, Kendall, oh, Kendall's next. Yeah, I'm next. Kendall, you're up. Okay, let me get this going here. Uh, right. Okay. Um, on the count of three, or countdown, three, two, <laughs> one. So I'm going in on all of the Republicans that are all of a sudden backtracking and taking back their support of this monster in chief, all because their campaigns are tanking and his is obviously tanking on fire, covered in shit, you know, as low as it can possibly go. So now they're all wanting to backtrack and be like, well, I didn't really support him on this. I just kind of voted for it because the party. Well, you know what? The people have noticed and the people don't like it. So it doesn't matter if you backtrack now because you're already in fucking hot fire right now. And you should probably get your shit ready on LinkedIn because you're going to need a new job (laughs) very soon. So I hope you've got all your finances in order and everything's great because you're going to get your job taken from you by people who actually give a damn and don't just backtrack and like support people because of fucking party bullshit ah yes i love it so true and you're not gonna get a uh you know endorsement from anybody no. yeah. you fucking spineless assholes Your and references I'm speaking are low. mostly to you john cornyn from texas who's getting his ass beat and who just recently came in and said well privately i didn't agree with trump's deficit okay. or the building of the wall but i voted for it anyways well you know what you may not have been for it, but you still voted for it. So you were fucking for it. Sorry, buddy. Bye. Yeah. I hope you get your ass fucking whooped. Him, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey oh, Graham's Lindsay another Graham. one who can't he stop crying. 
He doesn't even want to freaking debate Jamie uh, Harrison because he knows he's going to wipe the floor with him. Also, he's like, oh, don't you think it's suspicious how he's getting all that money? Actually, no, I don't. I don't think it's suspicious at all because you're a monster and you're garbage human being. So I'm not. Yep. And I know this is a side note, but like, can we talk about fucking, what's his name's hand? Um, Mitch McConnell. Oh, I know even, I was talking to my aunt yesterday. She's a fucking nurse. She was just like, (laughs) that's he's actually like, he's decomposing. Yeah. Yeah. Like weekend at Bernie's style. Yeah, yeah, like I imagine him just being filled with flies, like his like whole yeah. like makeup and bombing fluid. Yeah. yeah, that can't be boo. okay, boo, boo, girl. Your whole hand was purple and black and brown, girl. Yeah. You need to get that looked at, girl. I'm just saying it's, his, it's it's the rest of his soul trying to leave his body. <laughs> what he has left, <laughs> monsters. All of them are fucking All are monsters. monsters. Fucking monsters. Yes. Okay. Karen, are you ready? Speaking of monsters, I am ready. Okay, here <laughs> we go. Uh, three, two, one. W Slam posted a dope video of Liv Cambage in practice, showing us uh, showing us her skills, her footwork, just amazing stuff. And of course, in the trolls, in the comments, the trolls came full force, first off, to be like, that was a travel. And obviously it was not a fucking travel because they don't know what basketball is nor how to play it. And then some guys were like, oh, this would never happen in the NBA or that guy wasn't even trying, blah, 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 blah. And some hate and ass shit. And I, I just have to say, like, first off, what is the fucking Euro step? Because that's allowed in the goddamn W uh, in the NBA. And then two, I mean, I love me LeBron, but LeBron gets away with a lot of travel. So don't tell me the NBA does not allow traveling. And I've got the gif to prove it, Liz, if you <laughs> look at it. But it's not a LeBron hate. I love LeBron. It's that these trolls who see a woman perform at a high caliber, even when she's just chilling and practicing, and then has to hate on it because they got nothing else going on for them. Sad. The WNBA lives rent-free in all of those trolls' heads. And that is the reality. Keep us trending, baby. Yeah. Because if and we're a discussion, you know what I mean? That's right. They're just down in their mom's basement, farting. And yeah. Eating their Scratching their nuts. And yeah, got this Cheeto and spit in the corners of their yeah. mouths. White just, claws. Yeah. Shit yeah. falling yeah. out of their mouth while they're typing. I could do that. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, Absolutely. We've had we've had past guests that play basketball that say that's exactly the uh, official uh, description of these people. They're I like, would, abs- yeah, they. I that's would exactly want each it. of these dudes to line up and put on a mask and go a little one on one with Liz up to five. They couldn't. They're, There's no they're way. They're all could. first of all, they're all anti-maskers. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> and second, their asses are so, like actually formed into their chairs and their couches that I don't think they could get up to do. Yeah. It. So it's going to be problematic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, they just can't help themselves, can they? They just have the time. They just have so much time. So much time. And Liz Cambage is a goddess. Oh. Yep. I loved seeing that video. I mean. Oh, man. Goddess. She is it. She is the moment. I love her. I can't wait till... We get everyone back in regular season, safe and protected, and seeing these beautiful athletes. And with that, 
our hoops are back on and we're ready to close out today's episode. Again, we want to thank our amazing guests, uh, LaShonda Martin and Mia Wright. Thank you so much for being part of our show today. We also want to make sure that you subscribe to our show, download the um, Good News Radio podcast app. We're also on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter as well as um, Instagram, and we have our YouTube channel. I mean, we are ready, and vote. We can't vote how important voting is. I know we're, we record on Saturday and, you know, if your voting plan is, was, I guess, to vote on Saturday, we hope you did that. You get to the polls. There's people there uh, that can help. Wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance. Use your voice and use it to also make sure you're taking care of other people because a vote also isn't just for you. It's for other people in your community, just like wearing a mask is and knowing the protocols. With that, ladies, oh my God, great episode. All I can say is, how do we want to keep it, girls? We want to keep it sweaty and petty. Biden-Harris, vote. Biden-Harris, vote. We out. (laughs)